Today is March 11th. Today, we hear the story of Balaam. In reading through the Bible in a year, I'd like you to read Numbers 21 through 24. In chapter 21, we have the story of the serpents that uh, came and attacked Israel and how they were delivered from the serpents by Moses creating a bronze serpent. Jesus talked about that later. He was lifted up on a staff just like uh, the bronze serpent was here. He provided salvation for Israel just as the bronze serpent did for Israel. We have the story of other victories, other wars. And then in chapter 22, Israel comes to the plains of Moab. The king of Moab, Balak, sends for the prophet of Moab, Balaam. He asks Balaam to curse Israel before he goes to attack it. Balaam says, I can only do what God tells me. Um, When Balaam stands before Israel, God says, don't curse them, bless them. And he does. He does this three times, three times. King Balak uh, pays Balaam to curse Israel, but he doesn't. He blesses them instead. This is an interesting story. And normally, uh, when Balaam went home, I would have ended saying, hey, you know what? Balaam is uh, apparently a good guy. Well, not so much. I draw your attention to the first verse of chapter 25. While the Israelites were camped at Acacia Grove, Some of the men defiled themselves by having sexual relations with local Moabite women. These women invited them to attend sacrifices to their gods. So the Israelites feasted with them and worshipped the gods of Moab. These were temple prostitutes. And in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verse 14 in talking to one of the churches in Asia Minor that the Spirit sends a letter to, the church in Pergamum. John writes, I have a few complaints against you. You tolerate some among you whose teaching is like that of Balaam, who showed Balak how to trip up the people of Israel. He taught them to sin by eating food offered to idols and by committing sexual sins. Apparently, Balaam left Balak, said, I won't curse them, but here's what you can do. And many Israelites uh, defiled themselves and defiled Israel by worshiping with the temple prostitutes in chapter 25. Enjoy reading through the story of Balaam.
Numbers 21 to 24, New Living Translation. Numbers 21. The Canaanite king of Arad, who lived in the Negev, heard that the Israelites were approaching on the road through Atharim. So he attacked the Israelites and took some of them as prisoners. And the people of Israel made this vow to the Lord, if you will hand these people over to us, we'll completely destroy all their towns. The Lord heard the Israelites' request and gave them victory over the Canaanites. The Israelites completely destroyed them in their towns. The place has been called Hormah ever since. Then the people of Israel set out from Mount Hor, taking the road to the Red Sea to go around the land of Eden. But the people grew impatient with the long journey. They began to speak against God and Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness? They complained. There's nothing to eat here and nothing to drink. And we hate this horrible manna. So the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people. Many were bitten and died. The people came to Moses and cried out, We've sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord told him, Make a replica of a poisonous snake and attach it to a pole. All who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. So Moses made a snake out of bronze and attached it to a pole. Then anyone who was bitten by a snake could look at the bronze snake and be healed. The Israelites traveled next to Oboth and camped there. Then they went on to Lai-Abarim in the wilderness on the eastern border of Moab. From there they traveled to the valley of Zered Brook, and set up camp. Then they moved out and camped on the far side of the Arnon River in the wilderness adjacent to the territory of the Amorites. The Arnon is the boundary line between the Moabites and the Amorites. For this reason, the Book of the Wars of the Lord speaks of the town of Waheb in the area of Sufa and the ravines of the Arnon River and the ravines that extend as far as the settlement of Ar, on the border of Moab. From there, the Israelites traveled to Be'er, which is the well where the Lord said to Moses, Assemble the people, I'll give them water. There, the Israelites sang this song, Spring up, O well, yes, sing its praises. Sing of this well which princes dug, which great leaders hollowed out with their scepters and staffs. Then the Israelites left the wilderness and proceeded on through Matana, Nahaliel, and Bamoth. After that, they went to the valley in Moab, where Pisgah Peak overlooks the wasteland. The Israelites sent ambassadors to King Sihon of the Amorites with this message, Let us travel through your land. We'll be careful not to go through your fields and vineyards. We won't even drink water from your wells. We'll stay on the king's road until we have passed through your territory. But King Sihon refused to let them cross his territory. Instead, he mobilized his entire army and attacked Israel in the wilderness, engaging them in battle at Jahaz. But the Israelites slaughtered them with their swords and occupied their land from the Arnon River to the Jabbok River. They went only as far as the Ammonite border because the border of the Ammonites was fortified. So Israel 
captured all the towns of the Amorites and settled in them, including the city of Heshbon and its surrounding villages. Heshbon had been the capital of King Sihon of the Amorites. He had defeated a former Moabite king and seized all his land as far as the Arnon River. Therefore, the ancient poets wrote this about him. Come to Heshbon and let it be rebuilt. Let the city of Sihon be restored. A fire flamed forth from Heshbon, a blaze from the city of Sihon. It burned the city of Ar in Moab. It destroyed the rulers of the Arnonites. What sorrow awaits you, O people of Moab? You are finished, O worshippers of Chemosh. Chemosh has left his sons as refugees, his daughters as captives of Sihon, the Amorite king. We have utterly destroyed them from Heshbon to Debon. We have completely wiped them out as far away as Nophah and Medeba. So the people of Israel occupied the territory of the Amorites. After Moses sent men to explore the Jazer area, they captured all the towns in the region and drove out the Amorites who lived there. Then they turned and marched up the road to Bashan. But King Og of Bashan and all his people attacked them at Adrei. The Lord said to Moses, Don't be afraid of him, for I've handed him over to you, along with all his people and his land. Do the same to him as you did to King Zihon of the Amorites, who ruled in Ashbon. And Israel killed King Og, his sons and all his subjects. Not a single survivor remained. Then Israel occupied their land. Numbers 22 Then the people of Israel traveled to the plains of Moab and camped east of the Jordan River across from Jericho. Balak, son of Zippor, the Moabite king, had seen everything the Israelites did to the Amorites. And when the people of Moab saw how many Israelites were there, they were terrified. The king of Moab said to the elders of Midian, This mob will devour everything in sight, like an ox devours grass in the field. So Balak, king of Moab sent messengers to call Balaam, son of Beor, who was living in his native land of Pathor, near the Euphrates River. His message said, Look, a vast horde of people has arrived from Egypt. They cover the face of the earth, and they're threatening me. Please come and curse these people for me, because they're too powerful for me. Then perhaps I'll be able to conquer them and drive them from the land. I know that blessings fall on any people you bless, and curses fall on people you curse. Balak's messengers, who were elders of Moab and Midian, set out with money to pay Balaam to place a curse upon Israel. They went to Balaam and delivered Balaam's message to him. Stay here overnight, Balaam said. In the morning, I'll tell you whatever the Lord directs me to say. So the officials from Moab stayed there with Balaam. That night, God came to Balaam and asked him, Who are these men visiting you? Balaam said to God, Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent me this message. Look, a vast horde of people has arrived from Egypt. They cover the face of the earth. Come and curse these people for me. Then perhaps I'll be able to stand up to them and drive them from the land. But God told Balaam, Do not go with them. You're not to curse these people, for they have been blessed. The next morning, Balaam got up and told Balak's officials, Go on home. The Lord will not let me go with you. 
So the Moabite officials returned to King Balak and reported, Balaam refused to come with us. Then Balak tried again. This time he sent a larger number of even more distinguished officials than those he had sent the first time. They went to Balaam and delivered this message to him. This is what Balak, son of Zippor, says. Please don't let anything stop you from coming to help me. I'll pay you very well. I'll do whatever you tell me. Just come and curse these people for me. Balaam responded to Balak's messengers. Even if Balak were to give me his palace filled with silver and gold, I would be powerless to do anything against the will of the Lord my God. But stay here one more night. I'll see if the Lord has anything else to say to me. That night, God came to Balaam and told him, Since these men have come for you, get up and go with them, but do only what I tell you to do. So the next morning, Balaam got up, saddled his donkey, and started off with the Moabite officials. But God was angry that Balaam was going. So he sent the angel of the Lord to stand in the road to block his way. As Balaam and two servants were riding along, Balaam's donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. The donkey bolted off the road into a field, but Balaam beat it and turned it back onto the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood at a place where the road narrowed between two vineyard walls. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord... It tried to squeeze by and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So Balaam beat the donkey again. Then the angel of the Lord moved farther down the road and stood in a place too narrow for the donkey to get by at all. This time when the donkey saw the angel, it lay down under Balaam. In a fit of rage, Balaam beat the animal again with his staff. Then the Lord gave the donkey the ability to speak. What have I done to you that deserves you beating me three times? It asked Balaam. You made me look like a fool, Balaam shouted. If I had a sword with me, I would kill you. But I'm the same donkey you've ridden all your life, the donkey answered. Have I ever done anything like this before? No, Balaam admitted. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes. He saw the angel of the Lord standing in the roadway with a drawn sword in his hand. Balaam bowed his head and fell face down on the ground before him. Why did you beat your donkey those three times? The angel of the Lord demanded. Look, I've come to block your way because you are stubbornly resisting me. Three times the donkey saw me and shied away. Otherwise, I certainly would have killed you by now and spared the donkey. Then Balaam confessed to the angel of the Lord, I've sinned. I didn't realize you were standing in the road to block my way. I'll return home if you're against my going. But the angel of the Lord told Balaam, Go with these men, but say only what I tell you. So Balaam went on with Balak's officials. When King Balak heard that Balaam was on the way. He went out to meet him at the Moabite town on the Arnon River at the farthest border of his land. Didn't I send you an urgent invitation? Why didn't you come right away? Balak asked Balaam. Didn't you believe me when I said I would reward you richly? Balaam replied, look, now I've come, but I have no power to say whatever I want. I will speak only the message that God puts in my mouth. Then Balaam accompanied Balak to Kiriath-Huzoth, where the king sacrificed cattle and sheep. 
he sent portions of the meat to Balaam and the officials who were with him. The next morning, Balak took Balaam up to Bamoth Baal. From there he could see some of the people of Israel spread out below him. Numbers 23. Then Balaam said to King Balak, Build me seven altars here and prepare seven young bulls and seven rams for me to sacrifice. Balak followed his instructions, and the two of them sacrificed a young bull and a ram on each altar. Then Balaam said to Balak, Stand here by your burnt offerings. I'll go to see if the Lord will respond to me. Then I'll tell you whatever he reveals to me. So Balaam went alone to the top of a bare hill. God met him there. Balaam said to him, I prepared seven altars and have sacrificed a young bull and a ram on each altar. The Lord gave Balaam a message for King Balak. Then he said, go back to Balak and give him my message. So Balaam returned and found the king standing beside his burnt offerings with all the officials of Moab. This was the message Balaam delivered. Balak summoned me to come from Aram. The king of Moab brought me from the eastern hills. Come, he said, curse Jacob for me. Come and announce Israel's doom. But how can I curse those whom God has not cursed? How can I condemn those whom the Lord has not condemned? I see them from the clifftops. I watch them from the hills. I see a people who live by themselves, set apart from other nations. Who can count Jacob's descendants as numerous as dirt? Who can count even a fourth of Israel's people? Let me die like the righteous. Let my life end like theirs. King Balak demanded of Balaam, What have you done to me? I brought you to curse my enemies instead. You bless them. But Balaam replied, I will speak only the message that the Lord puts in my mouth. Then King Balak told him, Come with me to another place. There you'll see another part of the nation of Israel, but not all of them. Curse at least that many. So Balak took Balaam on the plateau of Zophim on Pisgah Peak. He built seven altars there and offered a young bull and a ram on each altar. Balaam said to the king, Stand here by your burnt offerings while I go over there to meet the Lord. The Lord met Balaam and gave him a message. Then he said, Go back to Balak and give him my message. So Balaam returned and found the king standing beside his burnt offerings with all the officials of Moab. What did the Lord say? Balak asked eagerly. This was the message Balaam delivered. Rise up, Balak, and listen. Hear me, son of Zippor. God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Listen, I received a command to bless. God is blessed. I cannot reverse it. No misfortune is in his plan for Jacob. No trouble is in store for Israel. For the Lord their God is with them. He has been proclaimed their king. God has brought them out of Egypt. For them, he is as strong as a wild ox. No curse can touch Jacob. No magic has any power against Israel. For now it will be said of Jacob, What wonders God has done for Israel. 
These people rise up like a lioness, like a majestic lion rousing herself. She, they refuse to rest until they have feasted on prey, drinking the blood of the slaughtered. Then Balak said to Balaam, Fine, but if you won't curse them, at least don't bless them. But Balaam replied to Balak, Didn't I tell you that I can do only what the Lord tells me? Then King Balak said to Balaam, Come, I'll take you to one more place. Perhaps it'll please God to let you curse them from there. So Balak took Balaam to the top of Mount Peor, overlooking the wasteland. Balaam again told Balak, Build me seven altars, prepare seven young bulls and seven rams for me to sacrifice. So Balak did as Balaam ordered, and ordered a young bull and a ram on each altar. Numbers 24 By now Balaam realized that the Lord was determined to bless Israel, so he did not resort to divination as before. Instead, he turned and looked out toward the wilderness where he saw the people of Israel camped, tribe by tribe. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and this is the message he delivered. This is the message of Balaam, son of Behor, the message of the man whose eyes see clearly, the message of one who hears the words of God, who sees a vision from the Almighty, who bows down with eyes wide open. How beautiful are your tents, O Jacob! How lovely are your homes, O Israel! They'll spread before me like palm groves, like gardens by the riverside. They're like tall trees planted by the Lord, like cedars beside the waters. Water will flow from their buckets. Their offspring have all they need. Their king will be greater than Agag. Their kingdom will be exalted. God brought them out of Egypt. For them, he's as strong as a wild ox. He devours all the nations that oppose him, breaking their bones in peace, shooting them with arrows. Like a lion, Israel crouches and lies down. Like a lioness, who dares to arouse her? Blessed is everyone who blesses you, O Israel, and cursed is everyone who curses you. King Balak flew into a rage against Balaam. He angrily clapped his hands and shouted, I called you to curse my enemies. Instead, you've blessed them three times. Now get out of here. Go back home. I promise to reward you richly, but the Lord has kept you from your reward. Balaam told Balak, Don't you remember what I told your messengers? I said, even if Balak were to give me his palace filled with silver and gold, I would be powerless to do anything against the will of the Lord. I told you that I could say only what the Lord says. Now I'm returning to my own people. But first, let me tell you what the Israelites will do to your people in the future. This is the message Balaam delivered. This is the message of Balaam, son of Beor, the message of the man whose eyes see clearly, the message of one who hears the words of God, who has knowledge from the Most High, who sees a vision from the Almighty, who bows down with eyes wide open. I see him, but not here and now. I perceive him, but far in the distant future. A star will rise from Jacob, a scepter will emerge from Israel. It will crush the heads of Moab's people, cracking the skulls of the people of Sheth. Edom will be taken over, and Seir, its enemy, will be conquered, while Israel marches on in triumph. 
a ruler will rise in Jacob who will destroy the survivors of Ur. Then Balaam looked over toward the people of Amalek and delivered this message. Amalek was the greatest of nations, but its destiny is destructions. Then he looked over towards the Kenites and delivered this message. Your home is secure. Your nest is in the rocks. But the Kenites will be destroyed when Assyria takes you captive. Balaam concluded his messages by saying, Alas, who can survive unless God has willed it? Ships will come from the coasts of Cyprus. They will oppress Assyria and afflict Eber. But they too will be utterly destroyed. Then Balaam left and returned home, and Balak also went on his way. Like, follow, and subscribe to this devotional on whatever platform you use to listen to it. Email your questions to us at questions at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, we'll return to the book of Psalms. Enjoy tomorrow, worshiping in the church of your choice.